Hello and welcome back everyone to episode 185 of It's Not My Fault, the OASG podcast is not popular. My name is Helen. My name is Justin. Well, Helen. A few days how- past Thanksgiving, Justin. Uh, I gotta ask, did you buy anything from those Black Friday sales? Because everything is on sale. I've been getting emails from weeks. I have been like weed whacking, playing whack-a-mole, etc. in my inbox just trying to keep... The number of unread emails down. Help. This, this is the part where I admit that Crunchyroll kept sending me all these um, Black Friday deals and everything. I, I just said, you know what? Enough's enough. Unsubscribe. No more of these emails. No more, <laughs> please. Um, I, I did succumb to a Black Friday sale. That That is to get a new bookshelf. Long overdue. It, it was it, it was finally time to be... It had to be done. So should be coming soon enough. So I can finally get rid of my really old and probably broken bookshelf. <laughs> so yeah, that that's literally the only sale. Any other sales I have just totally blanked out. You know what's funny? Actually, bring up sales. I'm not really impressed with some of the sales I've seen on Crunchyroll so far. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. Yeah, I'll admit that I definitely have not been looking at the Crunchyroll sales. I might do the Sentai sale since there's some things I haven't uh, bought yet that they've got on sale for a good price. Although most of my buying is probably going to be cosplay-related things like sewing patterns or nail polish etc just i know we all do these sales at the same time for the same reason but my wallet can't handle it i need everybody to form like a single file line and drop their sales you know (laughs) in like a regular manner over the course of a year so i can actually buy stuff from you guys especially from all these people who only do sales once a year it's like (laughs) it's like yeah sure i've been waiting all year to buy this print from you small artist but sorry gotta prioritize something else maybe i'll see you next year (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good luck getting everybody to conform to that. Good luck. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, okay, other than that, how was your Thanksgiving? So I drove down to visit my folks in North Carolina. And so on Wednesday night, I'm in, I'm in the guest bedroom and I hear like these weird noises. And I asked later, I'm like, did you guys hear like that howling noise or something? It sounded kind of fake, like it was a bunch of college students. And everyone else was like, oh no, that was a group of coyotes. They were like 200 yards away. So that was my Thanksgiving. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay, your your place is pretty crazy. I'm just gonna go put that out there. That that that's kind of wild. I, I mean, wild in the sense of I didn't think we were that rural, but I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Thanksgiving was definitely not as crazy or rural as that could ever be, but. Yeah, not too, nothing too crazy. You only saw a couple of family members. Uh, made uh, mac and cheese. Um, one other thing, pork roast. That's really it. Um, and we just ate, talked, caught up, all that good stuff. Nothing special, as usual. Uh, just, yeah, not, nothing really special. Um, other than that... I mean, you don't um, even have to travel for Thanksgiving, do you? I don't have to travel. It's all We're all... Uh, majority of families in the city, so I don't do much. Travel. But it was again, it was pretty small, small, just a couple of people. So that's nothing too, nothing too crazy. Um, I guess for Thanksgiving, there is that one other thing I went to over the past few weeks, but we will definitely talk about that later in this episode. But other than that, had some personal things that popped up that kind of like have kind of kept me a little bit busy from catching up to a whole bunch of stuff, writing reviews and everything, but. I think things have kind of solidified, settled down. I just got to wait for the bookshelf to show up. And then soon enough, I should not have anything else tying me down, all that good stuff. Except for work. I uh, love work. Um, but yeah, that's basically how the past week's been for me. Yeah, so I've been trying to keep up with Jane Oliver Club's releases and catch up titles. So I've been mowing my way through the Tear Moon Empire light novels trying to get caught up with the current volume. And it's kind of funny. We've gotten to the point where Mia is still not the strategic genius that everyone around her thinks she is. But she is thinking more strategically about things. Like, she is definitely thinking, oh, I've got this kind of problem. I should make sure I have so-and-so along because they can probably deal with it. So, you know, we've gotten to the point where she's matured a little bit. She has formed her cabinet of rivals, which it never fails to crack me up that Mia has formed, like, a group of, you know, advisors to help her, which include, like, someone who helped her, you know, in the past timeline, you know, before she died, 
Someone who led a revolution against her in the past timeline. Someone who supplied the troops for the revolution against her in the past timeline. The guy who executed her in the past timeline. You know, it always, it does not fail to crack me up. That this is this is what Mia has accidentally created for herself. <laughs> and then, I haven't started it yet, but for some random reason, Gundam Info has put all of Turn A Gundam up on YouTube for like two weeks. H- Helen. And this series hasn't been streamed. Helen, have you... Have you have you not seen? I think there's they're doing some sort of festival. Uh, I think this may be starting now. Actually, they're just putting up certain streams of uh, Gundam. I mean, I saw I saw that stuff went up. I was not given context for it, but Turn of Gundam hasn't been streaming in English online since Daisuke was a thing, and that was several years pre-pandemic. And yeah, I've had the Blu-rays for this for a while, and I watched some of it on there. But listen, when I only get to work from home two days a month. <laughs> and I watch most of my anime during lunch. Watching anime on Blu-rays does not really help me, so I'm going to try and use this to finally finish up Turn A Gundam since I've enjoyed it every time I've watched it. It's just been a little hard to get to. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else should watch it since it's definitely one of the better Gundams. Like, it's a really good Gundam. <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple of tweets about that too. Like, yeah, it's definitely one of the better Gundams out of a whole franchise for sure. It's one I think Tomio did after he got, like, help for depression and such. Mm. So it does not end with, like, 90% of the cast dead at the end. I, I mean, the nickname Kill right. All Tomio was, yeah. was real for a reason. <laughs> if, if, if you say so... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, that, that is, like, kidding. a known nickname that for is him. Definitely, it is definitely a known nickname for him. All right. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so we're gonna move on to some of the news that happened. We have the regular news, and then we actually have the actual anime New York City news that we gotta talk about. But first, regular news. Um, someone's kind of interesting because it's like, it's like I haven't heard about Tokyo Otaku Mode, aka Tom, for like years. And we're like, man, I still see, like, I still see ads for them all the time. No, but, 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 but hear me out. Like, I feel like they were more prevalent. And like the 2015, maybe 26 uh, years ago, where you, you saw them like even at conventions and stuff. I guess maybe it's still gonna conventions, but I mean, but I guess the point is watch things on Daisuke. The, the yeah, uh, the point is Shogakukan announced that they've acquired or they've uh, they're now a wholly owned subsidiary of they now basically have Tokyo Talking Mode, so uh, they have all outstanding shares Talking Mode and made the company a wholly owned subsidiary, so um. I, this is not quite like Katakawa kind of was it not quite buying A&M but then sort of like in the same vein of a Japanese company picking up another uh, I guess publication stuff like that so fascinating but then also it's just like huh I really haven't heard about these people in forever <laughs> what have they been up to I guess this is what they've been up to and then let's see uh and a company we don't talk about too much here, uh, Drawn and Quarterly. Uh, the workers there are trying to form a um, union. This would be uh, folks who do uh, localization for some manga titles, although mostly they deal with Western media. But um, all the power to them. It is not easy to get unionized, obviously. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen it before with um, the Seven Seas Union. I don't know if they've even ratified that contract yet, but... Um, all the power to them. And then in other mm, sort of Western comic-related news, uh, Comixology used to exist as an independent company, but it was bought by Amazon several years ago. Uh, like a year or two ago, they turned the, the Comixology app into basically a clone of the Kindle app, which fucking sucked. It made it so much harder to use. Um, I'm still mad that they took away the thumbnail view because that was really handy. And I was trying to double check things for a review, and now I just gotta scroll through everything. But soon I won't even be able to do that, since they are completely shutting that down now. And at this point, anything you'd bought previously off the Comixology service, um, or any comics you have on Amazon in general, you're gonna have to read strictly through the Kindle app. Justin, I'm not sure how we're gonna be able to keep doing any of our digital review copies. Like, it's a good thing we haven't gotten anything from Kodansha in a while, because trying to balance multiple people signing into the same Amazon account is gonna be awkward. <laughs> um, 
it's already ugly enough that, that whenever I have to sign that, back in, yeah. I have to like, <laughs> I have to like message Justin and be like, hey, yeah, that ping you just got from Maryland, yeah, that was me trying to sign in. Yeah, it's legit. <laughs> Please let me in. Wow, that was a wow. That was a while ago. <laughs> I remember that. You just, I just bought that. You just bought that. Like, oh wait, that did happen. <laughs> Well, thankfully, I haven't um, got it hasn't logged me out in a while, so I haven't had. Well, we'll say this for on the side note. Yes, there, there probably is a way I can set that up, but that is neither here or there for Kadancha. We will talk about this motor time, but in this case, yes, I'm still annoyed about it for many reasons. <laughs> both, but uh, still annoyed about how they just killed the Comicsology app before, and also now that they're really killing it, and also just the whole, you know thing of capitalism where it's like oh look at this other company that could be a competitor to ours let's just buy them and say we're just absorbing what they're doing but really just use it as a as a way to quietly kill them off over the case <laughs> of several years <laughs> you know just fuck capitalism i know they say people get more conservative as you get older but honestly the older i get the more liberal i get with being like we need stronger <laughs> monopoly laws Etc. I I, I want I, I want to on how old. I wonder if it depends on how old. But we'll, uh, well, we're I mean, worrying about up, other things right people now. People always <laughs> said, you know, as you get older, you get more conservative. And I'm in my 30s by now. I should be old enough for this to be kicking in, but no, it's not. Hmm. Um. I guess in final bit of news, uh, Kidokan is back. Well, I was in Japan, but um, if you remember from a few months ago, uh, the might have to go on hiatus because back in October, because one of the um, members, Takashi Shimada, um, had to get knee surgery, and I guess maybe either he's healed up or they've settled into something where they can just return without him. It doesn't really, I don't think it really said in the article. Because it just said that the manga's going to return from his hiatus in the 50th issue of Weekly Playboy magazine on November 20th uh, this week. Actually, tomorrow. Well, if it's Japan time, it's actually probably right now. <laughs> so uh, it's already out in Japan. So there you go. I just realized that this is a Playboy magazine. <laughs> is this... I wonder if this has What's any that? relation to, like, the U.S. Playboy magazine? <laughs> Not even close. But let's... let's no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, nice for them to be back, and hopefully everybody's all well and healthy. And then we're going to talk about Anime NYC in a moment. But there were licenses announced even before Anime NYC. Um, so going back to Drawing Quarterly, they've licensed uh, Sanpei Shirato's The Legend of Kamui. And Titan Comics also has a couple of announcements. Uh, let's see. They are bringing over the um, Shadow of Holmes. Uh, Kyo- bleh, I, was, I was mixing up two titles there. The Shadow of Kyoto <laughs> manga. Um Let's see. Oops, shoot, I forgot to fully open up these links. Da, 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 da. Uh, they're also going to be bringing over Mikumo Seto and Kento Harada's villain actor manga. And... Oh, yeah, and th- then there were, there were a couple of titles that were, like, put up on, you know, various sites where you could buy things, and they finally announced them officially a month later. Um... We already covered most of these. The only one that was from that group that we hadn't already mentioned was Bingo Morihashi and Manabu Ash- uh, Akishiki's uh, Kimuryo Rock. So, not sure why they were so slow on these. I think I made this joke last time, but even Kodansha is usually faster at, annou- at actually announcing the digital titles that they have put up like two weeks earlier. Well, that that might be giving Kodansha a little too much credit. <laughs> in, some, in some ways, might, might be a little too much. Um... Well, okay, first of all, and, and maybe Alien Books' defense, they probably just weren't ready just yet, because all these titles are coming out, like, in spring 2024. They didn't necessarily have to, and I would say, like, pronto or anything like that. It's just that, hey, you know, if you're ready to go, ready to go. They want, I guess they want to be even, either they want to find people, or, I don't know, they have a marketing strategy, but they weren't ready to go for it yet, so. I mean, I think about are, how even in the, so. U- even with, like, traditional books in the U.S., they'll get announced when a publisher acquires them like two years before they get published. And so you don't have a case where people are like, hey, so-and-so is putting out a new book. I wonder when such and such publisher is going to talk about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, not the strongest like titles out of the box for Alien books, but it's like, okay, it is what it is. It's 
probably fine. And then I guess when we get closer into like marketing and maybe putting previews up on places, get more of a sense of how these titles are and everything. So see how it does for them. See them next year, basically. Um, and then the, the again, I just I'm just always amused by what Titan Comics is bringing over for their manga uh, imprint, only because they like. I'm just looking up information. I'm like, okay, there's only one volume out of this in Japan. What what is what is happening here? <laughs> Why are you bringing this now? Are you guys are we, are you guys good with that? We don't even know if it's actually like selling well in Japan, <laughs> or is it? It's very very curious. They also have a deal with um with Takuma Shoten. I think these couple these two titles are Shadows of Kyoto and uh, Villain Villain Actor. But it's still fascinating. It's just like okay, you're I guess you're t- taking a little bit of a leap, but we'll see how it works out. Yeah, they're definitely making some interesting choices. And so, Justin, tell us about Anime New York City. I heard that you got to t- you got to take the seven line train in on one day. Just just the just the one Friday, which I've always done. I don't know, I just just do your thing. Like every 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 Friday, I'm just gonna take the seven either to to the convention and maybe back to where I need to be um, on the MTA train line. Um, but yeah, it's just that one time and everything else, I either had to take the bus or I just took another train and just walked over. It's not like it's a long walk or anything. I know people, it's just it's a little too of a longer walk though. I, I get that. But I'm to too, be I'm fair, gonna... you are also not walking in cosplay or anything like that, that or, too, or having yes. to haul like heavy bags of things. I yeah, think. that is true. Again, but there's a certain set of people who are not doing either of those things. They're still complaining, I bet. There's, there's lots of people that attend this convention, Helen. I am sure there are people who are just like that. But um, now it is what it is, so yeah. But well, I guess first I'll just talk about just the convention in general. Um, obviously, it was on new management. Obviously, Peter Tar was running this for since since Anime New Season Inception a couple years ago, and now uh, I can't remember the actual name of the new one. It's it's, it's not Left Film Media, I believe. It's definitely on their new group. Um, I guess from the outside, there's nothing like noticeably wrong or anything like that. Um, I do think that things were kind of smaller, which is what to say. Like, I don't know, like, obviously times where it was busy, you couldn't get through anything like that. But that, especially, like, Sunday, felt like it was kind of a lower turnout than expected. Like, it was like, I was just walking through, like, the dealer's hall, and I just wouldn't run into a whole bunch of people. It's like, huh. I, I feel like other years there were a lot more crowds, or at least last year was definitely a bit more of a crowd. Um, doesn't mean it wasn't busy and everything like that, but... I'll see what they say when they were if they ever report how the turnout this year compared to last year. Like, did they break attendance records? Everything, um, who knows? But um, now it's a little concerning. But otherwise, I mean, it's still New York City. You got lots of industry panels. Which if you're into that, you'll definitely be intrigued. Other than that, I can't really speak. I, I guess this year they did have a decent amount of guests. I'll have to gun them from which uh, voice actors, uh, Lynn and Kanye Chinose. At the Lucas Coral panel, they had a couple industry announcements panels like it from Avex Pictures and everything. Um, not that you got to interview any of them. I know some musical group. Hmm. Not that you got to interview any of them. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, but not gonna worry about that. Um, yeah, I I heard a couple of folks apparently got like a lot of interview requests denied or apparently got chided for going too off topic in their interviews or what they or what people viewed as too off topic and just i don't know it just sounds kind of kind of like it would be a frustrating experience to be doing media at this con i don't know they haven't really had any problems obviously the past couple years um and i get the um so i guess the big thing is you obviously have more japanese companies wanting to have a little bit more control over the proceedings and everything, and they don't want their talent to, like, say anything wrong or anything like that. Um, if they want that, they shouldn't come to the U.S. Like, U.S. journalism is known for being hard-hitting, and by comparison, the entertainment industry in the U.S. is weak sauce compared to that, but it's still spicier than they'd like. It's, it's yeah, it's that catch-20, it's that that thing where it's like, yeah, trying a bit, yeah, I get I get that. Um, yeah, some Japanese guys be kind of weird about that, I think, and maybe that's that was the case for whoever that was this year. Um, I can also get the on. I I do from just from being in certain interviews, like there was this one year where somebody just kind of tried to talk about this one thing and kind of 
devolved a little bit into something that took a little bit long to get to understand to for us to anybody to really understand the question. Like it was a main questionnaire, but he added they added on like one or a couple other things. It's just like okay, tangents. I get that, but yeah, I, I can't really speak to the experience because I wasn't in anybody this year. But it be like I said, I told you over this over line. It'd be interesting to see like what interviews come out and how they're formatted in the next couple uh, months. So we'll see how that all went out, went about. Um, but yeah, uh, I think there was enough stuff to do. I should go to. Oh, I will say this. Although I guess this is probably me being biased, and maybe this is also just a reflection of the times. <laughs> There's not too much three houses fan art anymore, Helen. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just three not. years old now. <laughs> I don't care. Just give me my three houses, sorry, please. Uh, I had to make sure to stop myself because I'm like, wait, did I buy that already? <laughs> I probably should not buy it again. <laughs> probably not do that. Um, um, yeah, I guess if um, I feel like it was a little smaller for some reason this year. I don't know. I, I'm probably wrong. About I, I this. mean, didn't I tell you there were supposed to be like 300 and like 50 um, booths or something? I don't remember. I mean, maybe you said that to me. I don't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess the basic thing is there was a decent amount of stuff to do all around the place. Um, again, I, I attended this press, so this is a totally different experience from somebody who attends an attendee, if regular fan, and everything, especially like, or if you're like a pro or anything like that. But, um, excuse me, <coughs> but yeah, nothing real complaints. I will obviously have some things. <coughs> Uh, I'll obviously note some things when I do my write-ups about the convention experience this year. Um, yeah, that's just really about all my quick thoughts for now. Um, but we do have the big so, yeah. news for next uh, year is that they are moving we do have the big from, news. Uh, from their usually weekend before Thanksgiving date to a mid-August date instead which is close to where uh, to when CRX would have been held. And so it's kind of making me feel like that means that Crunchyroll Expo is definitely dead if they're... They haven't said anything about next year, but after, let's see, in 2022, they sold out all of the tickets, so it's not like it was under-attended. They canceled it for 2023. And if in 2024, another convention held by um, a group that's affiliated with Crunchyroll, don't think they're all under one thing together, around the same time, that makes me think that Crunchyroll Expo is not coming back. I, I have to say that in general, the idea of having it in August instead of the weekend before Thanksgiving makes me think, oh, it'd be easier for me to attend because then I wouldn't be dealing with the complete lack of sleep I had last year from trying to do both of those things. But this year it's going to be like two weekends after Otakon, two or three weekends, so nah. Justin, you're gonna be on your own, but hopefully the seven will actually be working the whole weekend at that point. That 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 will be that. For you were talking about the move from August, from November to August. Yeah, the big news is is very possible the seven can actually be used by everybody now over the weekend. That that will be that's the big con news to me. Forget forget the the move to twenty. Like you said, August twenty third, twenty fifth. Forget that. <laughs> now now the seven doesn't work this time. I am definitely calling conspiracy on uh, everybody in New York. Who is involved in this? The MTA, the mayor, everybody. Just, just, just. Why this particular anime convention? They can't use seven. There's, there's, there's definitely, you know, definitely a conspiracy theory here. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. My honest thoughts is that it was long overdue. <laughs> um, I mean, they've gotten pretty fortunate since they started this convention. I think it was only like one particular year where weather kind of affected. Um, people coming into the convention and everything like that. But I think aside from that, every other year, despite the cold weather, there's been people coming in and turning out to the convention. Um, but I feel like, and I've seen some points about why it was best to have it kind of like out of the wake of compared to the other big conventions. But my thinking is you've been kind of taking a chance with having these high conventions this late in the season. Um, you also have it following up um, I mean, New York City, uh, I mean, uh, New York Comic Con. Um, as I was happening before Thanksgiving, the up to, leading up to Thanksgiving, I imagine that has affected people trying to come to the convention in general. Uh, so I guess obviously there's points for and against, but I think ultimately this would be the, I think this is probably the best decision personally 
that they, they could have made. Now, it will depend on... They said that they're going to have basically all the space of the Javits Center now. Uh, what does it mean? Better guests. More, obviously, it has to be more artists and everything. So it's going to be, obviously, the biggest thing, period, for... And I mean, it's history, so we'll, we'll, will it be worth everybody's while to actually come to this convention in August? Because uh, as you mentioned earlier, it's going to be competing with a whole bunch of other conventions within that summer time frame. All right. So the point that I feel like Justin's been dancing around is that there were a lot of licenses. So let's go. Jane Alva Club announced a whole bunch of things. Shin... Kodu, um, Koduki and Chokokan's The Banished Former Hero Lives As He Pleases, Hayaken and Unapopo's Sword Saint Adele's Second Chance, A Peerless Swordmaster Begins Anew as a Saint to Save the Princess, Mizuho Itsuki and Fumi's uh, Management of a Novice Alchemist, I remember that got an anime the other year that was on High Dive, Tadashi Kubo and Nogikito's The Water Magician, both the light novel and manga versions, ha- um, Harunouchi Byori and Itaka Yui's The Otomi Heroines Fight for Survival, Punichan and uh, Kanaruyui's RVing My Way into Exile of My Beloved Cat, This Villainous is Trippin, which is a J-novel heart title, and also not the Isekai RV title I was hoping to get licensed. I'll try this out, but I was actually hoping for another one. Uh, Almond and Yoshiro Ambe's The Oblivious Saint Can't Contain Her Power, Forget Her My Sister, It Turns Out I Was a Real Saint All Along, which is a J-novel heart title, the light novel, Apparently, Jane Novel Club is already publishing the manga. I have not seen that, but I believe Justin. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Yu Okano and Tapioca's The Exiled Noble Rises as the Holy King, Befriending Fluffy Beasts and a Holy Maid of My Ultimate Cheat Skill. There are so many Isekai characters these days befriending Fluffy Beasts. Umikaze. Wait, 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 wait. I don't think this is Isekai, though. There are so many light novels these days with um, 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 befriending fluffy beasts, although they are usually isekai and they are usually by Cross Infinite Worlds. Um, Umikaze Minamo, Minamino and Jishaku's Mia Listen, the Merciless Maiden, Takuma Sakai and Minami's Buratabe, the story of a man turned into a pig. This is the manga. They are already publishing the light novel. The anime is currently airing. Apparently, it is not very good unless you want to hear, like, Look, a pig I'll, having I'll, perverted thoughts I'll, about wanting to sleep you, with girls. I will Sorry. tell you also the the light novel wasn't very good either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you already tried it out? Why? Just the just the first No no, um it did is it I think they said it was like a war winning um light novel or all that good <laughs> what stuff. Award. And look, if I can read look, East Sky is a fine I, I don't mind reading Isekai, it is what it is. But this one was just like yeah. But everyone's I gotta have their anymore. own personal standards for Isekai, and this one does not seem to meet many standards <laughs> all right more from jane awful heart um hagare metoba and oi oi no Muyo's a livid lady's guide to getting even how i crush my homeland from mighty grimoires um this is the manga feels very much like prison life is easy for a villainous uh, mia was through the viewport child of a ruined world manga mori and maka hayashi's duchess in the attic jane awful heart manga feels very much like a number of webtoons I've seen recently. And then finally, Riko Miyasora and Juan's Chivalry of a Failed Knight. And so now all those fans can stop pestering Jane Novel every single time to see if they're going to license that one last Soul Press title. This this is the... Hey, there's at least a few other Soul Press titles left. Whether anybody goes for it, I have no idea. Uh, for manga, at least it's um, The Order is a Rabbit. And there was one other title that I know they had that I think people will want to read. But for light novels, that's probably it. No more no more requests for any other light novels. This is uh, the big one. Uh, yeah, happy for those fans. They obviously were very enthused about this being announced. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. I might finally try it because it's on a platform I can actually get. Well, it's not, I don't have to buy it digitally. I can just read it on subscription. So whenever it comes in December, I can actually give it a look. So, happy for them. All right. Now, on the Yen Press announcements, uh, Reki Kawahara, Kimi, Mito Sato, and Epex, Sword on Our Line, Ri Arncrad, Toru Shirogane, Kiang, and Mashimasaki is the kept man of the Princess Knight. This is the manga. They already licensed the light novel of this. Uh, Ghost Mikawa, Yumika, Kanada, and Hiten's Days for My Stepsister. It's the manga. They've already licensed the light novel. Excuse me. <clears throat> 
uh, these three titles were announced today ahead of their panel because usually they have way more announcements usually at their panel. And technically speaking, they didn't actually announce too many other titles at their panel. The thing is, they were kind of having a little fun with their panels where they would have the editors like uh, answer questions or explain what they do. And then they would even like explain like some challenges and everything. So that's kind of what also took up their time. And then they uh, made their announcements. So here's the fuck they announced. Sakura Hamada's Friday at the Atelier. Atelier. Uh, Akira Hirahara and Naoto Asahara's She Likes Gays But Not Me. Takeshi Murase's The God Anishi Yuki Amasation. Uh, this is for the Yanon imprint. This is actually just a regular novel. Uh, Yukiko Agirizaki and I also I also is Hill Dragon Slayer. Uh, this is for the Yanon imprint. And if this sounds familiar, we kind of talked about this uh, a few months ago. But this is for Jane Apple Club's German uh, imprint for Jane Apple Club uh, Nina. <laughs> so look at that. It's the, the, the licensing, reading restrictions, all fun stuff. Um, Daigo Murasaki and Kurita's Guillotine Bride. This is also for the Yenon imprint. Yu Kamiya and Ryu Naito's No Game No Life Chapter 2, Eastern Union. Kumo Kagyu's, uh, Kumo Kamiyu, Kagyu Dachi Matsuse and Noboru Kanatuki's Goblin Slayer, Day in the Life. Uh, Mungo Stray Dogs official comic anthology, so more Mungo Stray Dogs but an anthology format. And they're going to produce audiobooks of Rain and the Seven Spellblades, Bakano and Mungo Stray Dogs, and these are all slated for May 2024. Bakano! <laughs> Not Bakano! Bakano! I say Bakano? Okay, Bakano, my bad. My bad. I don't even, have, I don't even think I know the explanation for part two. Bakano. Bakano? I, I, I mean, it's supposed to be an Italian word for ruckus. <laughs> which is an accurate description of the series i've got it is one volume of that in the to review queue currently <laughs> by which i mean it has been read i just need to write up the review you i swear justin like, they're coming you, someday you just need to be like naruto stop doing this to me stop <laughs> all right and then on the easy press side of yen press uh which again is their um imprint for uh manhwa webtoons etc they are bringing over Soda Ice, Berry, and Blue, Kanan's Beware the Villainous, which I have read and is very irreverent, um, Hanarim and Mongols, The Villainous is a Marionette, Ken, Hanhuen, and Ant Studio's Marriage of Convenience, which, God so help me, is like one of the few age gap series I actually like. Ooh, um, I, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. I might need an explanation for this one. Like why I like it? <laughs> Maybe. But you don't uh, have to tell me now. You can tell me later. Okay. Uh, Jungyong, Gabinam, and Harasa's My Secretly Hot Husband. Shino, Neda, Shino, uh, Shinoa, Neda, and Bill K's SSS Class Revival Hunter. And Chelas and What's tied to you. These are all comics. Some of these are based off of um, web novels, but um, it looks like at this point, Easy Press is only picking up the comic versions of them. And as for Marriage of Convenience... For some reason, it just works for me with the whole, I think that they toned down the age gap compared to what it was in the web novels. All these comics, I think, are published on Tapas. So for the ones that I have read, I've checked out people in the comments, and there's a couple of people in the comments who've read the web novel, and then like, they, tuned, they, they made it a, a smaller gap than it was. And also a case where the characters did not kind of like, have any kind of relationship, like, romantic or otherwise, like, even interactions until they were adults, so that also helps for me. Like I said, it's, it's, it's like, I'm really, usually really fussy on these, but since it's two characters who are in, like, equal positions of power to each other and didn't meet until they're both, like, adults, that helps for me. Okay. Okay. We all knew it had to happen sometimes, you, you know, sometimes for me to find, like, the one, you know, that, not, not that proves the rule, but just, you know, one where it's like, okay... I can live with this one. <laughs> um, uh, Kanacha had their panels, so here's their announcements. Ria Ruga's uh, Sheltering Eves, Suki's Spore Me Please, Hinamori-san, uh, I'm not sure if I said the please right, because it's like three Zs, so it's like, please, 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 one of the pleases. Uh, Mitsukimi's Kusunogi's Funky Your High School Glow Up, Kinsetsu Yamada's Home Office Romance, Miyuki Unohara's Snow and Ink, I Oshikawa, Beikyo, and Mitsuya Fuji's The Boy I Love Became the Jaded Emperor, Hono Natsuna's Puppets It's Attract, 
best best name best name uh one kyotar azuma and bose's versus and they're gonna bring over naoshio kawajira and april as an omnibus for uh an omnibus format uh these are all planned for the fall 2024 uh quarter uh so start seeing all that for starting somewhere late august to november um yes they also had the digital debuts only one of these leaked early. Uh, Kana good Natsuki's. On good, on, good on you. Uh, Kana Nakasuki's uh, Don't 10 DVP. This is coming out uh, December 19th. And Uto Yosaki's Sayabito, Swords of Destiny. This is the one that leaked because it's coming out December 5th. Um, I'm excited for that since obviously I've enjoyed a lot of their stuff. And this and is going the, to be. Um, I think somebody joked on Twitter that it's like their one like non-queer title. And it's like we could still have some whoa, queerness whoa, in this, whoa, you know, whoa, as a treat. Whoa, whoa, first of all, they're also wrong. This is like their second. This I guess their first work, ever, that first for Sayabito. and then um, Isaki did another one, Generation Witch. Um, so that's another one. Seven Seasons Publishing. So yeah, we got a lot of Uto Isaki's house coming out. Geez, got Fukadansha, Seven Seas. Bring them over um, as a guest. TCAP, got, do um, it. Iodori Comics, right? I think it's Iodori Comics. Doing that yeah. Kickstarter, yeah. So yeah, I, I did back that, and um, I will let folks know how that goes once I get it. Since yes, I went for the full box set. <laughs> so and and now we got another. So that's one Saibito, uh, uh, from Isaki. Got another one. This one is gonna be English first. Uh, the Spellbook Library. Uh, this is already up on Kodachi's uh, reader reading portal now, and this is gonna be planned for a print release. Uh, next year, uh, fall twenty twenty four. So yeah, um, that's it's pretty crazy. Like just just to see the the growth and just all these titles from Osaka just coming over now. It's really interesting, really really fascinating too. And then so we've got a couple of smaller publishers with uh, proportionally smaller licensing slates. Uh, Denpa is going to be bringing over Kazuya Konomoto Picks and Takichi Abaria's Odd Taxi. It's always funny when the list of creators is longer than the actual title. <laughs> um, and also Billy Balabali's Wolfpack, which will be part of the Kuma line, so I can only expect that one to be saucy. Uh, Starfruit Books is going to be bringing over Kuro Nohara's His Ankle, Hideshi Hino's The Red Snake, uh, Sukimori uh, Masako's Un- Clan Under the Moon, and Miyako Kojima's Virgin Inferno. Those three titles were for their Blood Orange Horror imprint. And I gotta say, Seven Seas really missed a chance. Oh, no, wait, no, never mind. I see I see what I was thinking. But anyway, Blood Orange is... <laughs> sorry, I, I was thinking about how Orange is a big title for Seven Seas. But yeah, Blood Orange as a horror imprint line is very good for star fruit books. <laughs> oh, and they also license Konoha Kisima's All Quit Traveling, which is a one-shot... And it's going to be on Azuki first. Although Azuki is a bean, not a fruit. Speak- <laughs> and speaking of Azuki, they are also going to be um, doing their usual licensed streaming thing for Mao, uh, Nakada's You're So Sloppy, and Hoto-sensei's, um, Hoto-sensei and Komori's Our Aimless Nights. So, somehow I missed I messed that up. It's supposed to be another apostrophe S there. So it should have been Hoto-sensei's. Uh, come on. Oh no, I spelled, I, I messed it up anyways. No, how did I do this? Yeah, I was, I was looking at it. I was like, uh, hang on. Who's, uh, which part's right, the title? So, which part's the right, So this should have been Mao Nakata's You're So Sloppy, Hota Sensei, and then it should have been Komori's Aimless Lights. My, my bad. I don't know how I did that. I clearly looked at the script. I clearly messed up when I was looking at the script. I seem to not be averaging one mistake on making a script every, every episode. Stop, Justin, stop. Yeah. I remember back in high school, my chemistry teacher used to say she was allowed to have three mistakes per class, and if we hit that, we need to end class. Although we did hit that once, and she did not end class, but um, <laughs> I, I think my seatmate might have been about to bring that up to her, and so I just started kicking him under the table. Jose, no! Jose, no! Jose, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's literally all the licenses for manga and light novels that interested us. That that was a lot of license telling, maybe mm-hmm. too many. And they're all going to come at some point in 2024. That's too far away. But then the problem is, they'll be here before you know it. Ugh. Amazing. Yeah, Chris uh, Beveridge had a thread about that over on Blue Sky, actually talking about what? how, oh. especially back in the day, ADV would announce just so many titles at once. 
and they would mix in when they were talking about them at cons, you know, both things they had already licensed and new titles. And so it was so hard to, you know, just keep track of everything, especially since when he, the time of period he, the time period he was reminiscing about was also before you had like smartphones or working Wi-Fi in convention rooms. So you couldn't even, you know, check on your laptop as it was going. And so he was talking about how his approach over the years became to talk about things um, sort of in a staggered way with his newsletters, you know, to make sure that people were um, more aware of all the titles that were coming out, anime and manga-wise. And I feel like these publishers might need to do more like that. Like, I do subscribe to um, Seven Seas and Yen Press's newsletters, so that does give you a heads up about what's coming out that month. But even then, it's so many titles each newsletter, they don't really have time to highlight nearly even half of everything. No, it's funny you bring it up, because, like, even though, like, um, they've already been announced and everything, if I get a press release, even for how that's already announced already, like, these audiobooks that uh, Yen uh, Audio is producing now, we know about them already, but if they send a press release, I'll still, like, send it out on the Yoshi Twitter anyways, because people might literally not know. Like, there's just so much that comes out every month throughout the year, you just, you may even forget, so... I, I like Chris's idea. I do like that. That's actually a really good idea. I mean, heck, I sent you a screenshot online from, like, one of my discords where someone was tweeting about how it was Innocent Release Day, and it took me until seeing it, like, a second time to realize, oh, yeah, that was a tweet from the OASG account. That wasn't from, like, the official Dark Horse account or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it, it's really handy for people to have, like, multiple places to check since we're all going to be covering slightly different things, or at least reminding people at different intervals. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of why it just... We just do the releases, just like, especially like the obviously the, the, the debuts, just the first volumes, everything, because people might just either not know or people they care about stuff like that. They do. They just want to be reminded of that. There, there's just so much goddamn manga. <laughs> really we say is. this all the time, and I think it's evidence with the number of times in this podcast we'll be talking about something about to come out. We'll be like, wait, that got licensed. Yeah. Or at least I keep doing that. <laughs> um. But we do have we do have other news that I kind of want to cover or talk about since this also happened at Anime New York City. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, the first one I want to talk about is um, Studio Bones or especially Avex Pictures to be more specific had a, a big announcement at their Anime New York City panel. They had teased it a couple days uh, earlier, and then funny enough, I had seen a leak about the anime. Um, make sure I get this. Was it from like one of the Manga Mogura accounts? No, the other account. Um, I want to make sure I get this name right. Um, Katsue Masho Shoujo to Akuwa Tekai Shieta. Um, I saw this announcement. I'm like, huh? That's kind. Of, and from the, they mentioned you out there, I was like, huh? It's kind of a random announcement. No, really. Like, I, I'm tr- I'm struggling to figure out. I mean, it's interesting, but like. Who, what, when is this going to announce and everything? Who's going to announce this? As it turns out, a couple of days later, it gets announced right at this panel in Amity City. So, um, they did, of course, I would close out the link immediately, just like uh, that. It's called Magical Girl and the Evil Lieutenant Used to Be Arch Enemy, so that's the official English title. Uh, this is the new Studio Bones project. Um, I saw why it was interesting, because obviously the author, Coco Fujiro, had passed away, like, 2015, as it turns out, this was planned as an anime roughly eight years ago, but it has to be put on hold because of her death. Um, I was trying to find a like in the article. It's noted that Fujiro was a fan of Bones. They had met; she had met the author, uh, one of the studios present at, at Square Enix event, Journey uh, around ten years ago. So um, they had basically, I guess, developed a relationship right there. So they had a working relationship. And I want to say, I guess they also was involved in the other anime adaption, Inuex Boku SS. Um, but yeah, it was obviously shelled for a long time. I am surprised, also pleasantly surprised, that they also are bringing us back, like, despite the fact that it's been so long ago. Um, yeah, and the write-ups I was seeing on Twitter, I was seeing that um, they, they've spent, you know, quite a bit of time trying to find a staff that will be able to it sounds like even finished out the story since she passed away when the series was still being serialized and it was i think kind of an unexpected death so it wasn't um yeah in any sort of state to be called complete as far as yeah. i know the manga hasn't been licensed over here although that might change with the um anime well, coming out i mean i i mean it's possible yen press i'm going to assume yen press would put this one out i i don't know because obviously it never got finished or anything like that um I don't know what you. It, it's it's tough for I think a publisher to justify 
bring us and it's going to be always incomplete i don't know that hmm. i feel That's like I, i've seen publishers make that kind of questionable decision before but it, it, it does vary every time so who knows yeah i guess we'll have to just see um and i guess the other thing is koreans could put their on their manga up service don't know uh yes the only time would tell but i think the point is this was actually a really interesting and i guess heartfelt like decision to make because obviously you really just don't make anime nowadays just you're gonna make anime for like profits gotta be timely you don't really get anything like these type of announcements um anymore so for the most part so uh this uh interesting decision by bones good decision hope it turns out really well when it comes out uh i don't know if they said it was gonna come out next year it may come out next year i guess um i would like to think it was come out, gonna come out next year so we'll see how it does, goes from there how it goes from there and then also at the uh, panel, they had announced that um, Paul Princess, the uh, anime film, is also going to get international release. Um, no word when. I can only guess sometime in 2024, but we'll, we'll see how that rolls out. But more anime, probably in, in theaters or streaming somewhere out there for everybody. I, I feel like that fact that Paul Princess is even getting a movie is weird news in and of itself. Um <laughs> Some of my friends do the anime Secret Santa, um, like they do every year. And so one of my friends, Corey, also of uh, Monk in Your Ears, <laughs> got assigned Pole Princess. So we are all speculating over who his Santa is. And he just keeps tweeting or like commenting on Discord in disbelief with just how, how not great it is. <laughs> if you have never seen video clips of that series, you should just look it up on YouTube. Like... I didn't even know it was still possible to animate hair that badly in 2022, 2023. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, it was announced to Anime NYC that Licorice Recoil is going to be streaming. Well, it's going to be airing on Toonami next year. And there's a couple of streaming announcements from the convention as well. Uh, the Gurren Lagann films are going to be um, in North American theaters in January. I think it had already been announced that they were coming to U.S. theaters. We just didn't have a date. It's going to be a revival screening of um, Gurren Lagann's the movie Childhood's End and Gurren Lagann the movie The Lights in the Sky Are Stars. And so Childhood's End is going to be on the January 16th and 17th and Lights in the Sky is going to be on the 23rd and 24th. Films are going to be available in 4K and 4D. Oh my god, can you imagine a 4D experience of Gurren Lagann? <laughs> Your chair is just going to be like shaking the whole time. And they're both going to be subbed and dubbed. Um, they hadn't been dubbed before the movie, so that'll also be interesting. I know a couple of friends who are probably going to be excited to see those. And, oh yeah, and they also announced that there is going to be a sequel film to The Great Pretender. They're calling it Great Pretender Rosbiluto, which um, I agree I agree with um, Google Docs here. That definitely looks like a misspelled word, even if it is not. And it looks like it's going to focus kind of on like the mentor character we saw. The one who totally seemed to be dead, but in the last few moments of the series was confirmed to definitely not be dead, just amnesiac. So that's going to be um, in theaters in North America uh, probably next year? Yes, 2024. Um, I kind of just want to point out, don't think... This is a weird one. I guess it's going to be a film, but it doesn't really state it is actually going to be a film because the anime stated it cannot reveal... It How says gets a theatrical release in North America. Theatr be, I, I feel like if even if it's a full series, they are at least going to be comp compiling episodes into a film or something. All right, all right, we'll go with that. Um, and I guess the last bit of news from uh, Anime City is more streaming stuff from Crunchyroll because that's what Crunchyroll does. So first, there's going to be a new anime based on Yang Yongi's True Beauty webtoon manhwa that. It's going to be streaming on Crunchyroll sometime in the future. We can guess 2024, but I, it might just be in production. It would just, just be announced to be in production. I don't know if it's going to come next year. The next couple titles should will be should be coming next year, or one at least will come soon enough. Um, Delusion Monthly Magazine, the anime is going to stream this upcoming winter season. Uh, Senpai is in Otoko, Otoko Noko. This is coming sometime in 2024. Uh, the My Hero Academia UA Heroes Battle, uh, I think there's a special that aired uh, sometime earlier this year. Uh, it's now going to be streaming on Crunchyroll November 30th, so basically by the time this podcast goes up, it should already be available on the service. And then Tower of God Season 2 is finally, they finally has a date. This was announced a couple years ago, or I say a couple years ago, last year, uh, specifically, and it's finally going to get its second season airing uh, in the summer 2024 season. 
There's so much anime just done. <laughs> not as much as manga, but I get. I feel. I feel you though. Yeah. Feel you. <laughs> it, it just don't stop ever. It really does not stop. Okay, so now we have like streaming news, not announced at Anime NYC. <laughs> um, so after not airing for two years and finally premiering at Anime New York City this year, Case Closed: The Scarlet Bullet is uh, now available both subbed and dubbed on digital platforms. It was so weird. It was announced to be like shown on the schedule for Anime New York City 2021, I guess. And then they canceled it the weekend of, and we just have not heard anything of since. Literal radio silence. <laughs> like Justin, th- this was something that had already come out in Japan by that point, right? Like yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yep. That's so weird. So we'll see if Discotech picks this up on for home media I, sometime I am, next year. I am counting. If they, if this is my logic. The only reason I didn't have any news on Conan is because I was TMS held them up, and it was for this particular one. If there was the, the the case, why? Now it's already out digitally and everything. Discotech has already released the other movies. I am a hundred percent sure they're going to release this version on home media. A hundred percent. I'm still couple- wondering <laughs> what on earth happened for them to just not yeah, release I do. it, yo, yo, even you're right, subbed you're right. for like two years since. Wasn't that screening at Anime NYC 2021 supposed to be subbed anyway, or was that supposed to yeah, be Yeah, I, I think it was just supposed to be... Oh, this was so long ago, but I, I, I imagine it might have been both. It may have just actually been just a sub only, but I, I feel Did like... Did they have to, like, redub over somebody or something? It would be... <laughs> no, that Did somebody be... do a weed and TMS freaked out over it? Somebody do something, like, controversial within the, the staff. I don't know who knows. We don't know. Who knows what TMS was... What happened with that? We, we really don't know. I don't even... I don't even know if it'll ever come out. That that news will ever come out. We're a leak or anything like that, so can't really worry about that unless it happens. So, uh, but it, it has been strange not hearing any Conan, especially new Conan, in the past couple of years because obviously Discotech has been releasing it at a pretty steady pace. Um, so it was disappointing that they couldn't really say anything about what's been going on. So, looking forward to them finally announcing stuff before we know about uh, Case Closed and particularly this uh, particular film. So. Um, a couple of Netflix news, uh, Mario Kata's, uh, and Matt Buzz, uh, Maburoshi is going to stream on Netflix January 15th, so it's the new film that she's been working on, now it's going to be coming out on Netflix for everybody to witness pretty soon, and, uh, this is the one that's like, wait, the Seven Deadly Sins for Nights of the Apocalypse is already airing, why, why isn't Netflix airing it? Well, they decided to air it at January 31st, so you gotta wait till next year, uh, to actually see it, so it, it's been very weird. It, it feels like it's weird to say this, but it feels like Netflix has been like keeping up with the simulcast game for like a couple, at least a good year now. So the fact that they're uh, delaying it is, is a little strange. <laughs> and never thought I would say that because this was used to be the, the mo. They were like pick up a license, hold on to it, and then just stream it once it's over or something like that. So this is a definitely a throwback. But yeah, that's gonna the seven the newest seven seven thousand is gonna come to the service. January 31st. And then High Dive is ending service in select countries. I don't think they've said what countries yet, but uh, the quote they gave to ANN basically says, yeah, it's not making us enough money in some countries, so we're just going to be stopping. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what they said they, they couched it in in, in in speech and everything though you gotta, you gotta i said basically i gave it the tldr version i am not <laughs> one for high flute and fancy language 90 percent of the time you gotta, you gotta speak like a, like the nobles do in, in a sense of a bookworm you gotta speak like that <laughs> only people pay me to do it are you paying me to do this podcast I, justin I, absolutely I, I, not <laughs> um yeah i can't believe this is kind of disappointing i mean i get why but they're already kind of like, unless these are going to like places within those particular countries, whatever those are that are that no one would have high dive. Unless that's the case, this is kind of a disappointing move because high dive is already not available in certain places already, or not available very well, from what I understand. So them now ending their service is only gonna be in like, I guess what U.S., obviously Canada, and a couple other places. A little, little unfortunate. Um, you, you do want that alternative to Crunchyroll and Netflix and Hulu and everything, but you gotta actually have a service that's worth it, and they, I don't know. Uh, it, will this help them uh, make a better app and website? I guess we'll see. Maybe that that's why they ended it. Who knows? Uh, 
Um, and final bit of streaming news, the Sandland TV series. So we have the film. Now we have the TV series. This is going to stream on Disney Plus in spring 2024. But but wait, Justin, it's also going to stream on Hulu. It's going to stream on the combined Hulu and Disney Plus app on service in spring 2024. I said it. I put it it out to the world first. There you go. Uh, All right. Weird news time? It is weird news time. Let's see. So there was a lot of anime NYC stuff, so I'm going to leave that one to you. <laughs> um, but let's see. Uh, oh, going back to Thanksgiving, though. Uh, so there was a giant balloon of Luffy in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Since, you know, live action TV series just came out this year, you know, synergy and all of that. But unfortunately, part of the balloon got snagged on a tree during uh, the parade. And so Luffy slowly started deflating <laughs> with his hat. I guess he didn't have the rubbery powers that the real Luffy does. No, don't don't think it has. A, I, I don't think it definitely does not. Not not even close. Fake Luffy, very fake. Just <clears throat> just just get off, get away from us. You are not real. Stop it. I mean, um, I think we already knew he wasn't real. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, just another, put that in. The, well, look, now it's more memorable in this way because it actually had an accident. There you go. It's obviously cool that One Piece. What a breakthrough. I, I still remember when I didn't sell at all over here. I still remember those days. I still remember when I just randomly had a volume and I was like, okay, it's fine. I just got rid of it. We're, we're not <laughs> talking about why I got rid of it or for what I got rid of it for <laughs> in comparison. We will what not did you buy, that. Justin? We what will, did you buy for that money? We will not. Com- no, uh, no, I just. I, I had. I'm not going into it. I'm not going into it. Uh, maybe after the podcast, but I'm not going into here. That makes uh, it sound like it was just something really bad. <laughs> uh, well, compa- in comparison, I mean, it's not bad, but in comparison, it's just like why. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I guess it's more memorable this way because obviously people will know One Piece is that yes, the the main character uh, had a very big accident at the at the, at the parade. Uh, so it just can just can be a normal parade where just go down the streets of New York just as normally. Just had to go had an issue with a tree. Incredible. Um, and I guess I'm going to close out the weird news section because there's just so much weird news that I kind of know about. But um, I have the guy to start with this one first. Uh, apparently, you can pull tissue from the head orifice of uh, Dragon Ball Cyberman. And my response is, no, thank you, but I'm good. This is fine. Don't... You... Why, why would anybody want that? Why, Helen? Why would really? Are you? Would you want that, Helen? Nah, I, I'm just gonna stick with like my regular old, thank, thank you know, you. plain box of tissues. Thank you. That that. This I is... also have no clue who this character is. So, Cyberman, the green thing. <laughs> you might need to narrow it down. It's Dragon Ball Z. I th- Dragon Ball. I think they've got multiple green men in it. <laughs> the, the small green thing. <laughs> I'm not sure that narrows it down as much as you think either. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, but there you go. So yeah, whoever is the big Dragon Ball fan who wants any of the Cybermen, they want to have to take the tissues out of it. Have fun with that. Um, so yes, yeah, so I hell mentioned there was a lot of stuff that happened in New York City, and apparently it was also big enough to where you had the military, the FBI, also having a boost space over there. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, I saw the very, Marines, very the FBI, and who else? Wasn't it the, like the, one the of US, the US Army apparently was also there too. Yeah, I was definitely wondering at one point, like, what branch of the US military didn't have a booth there. Although I saw somebody frame it as, there are some weebs who are feeling real smart right now about figuring out a way to get early access <laughs> to the dealer's hall with their ex- um, exhibitor badges. I, you know... I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was my thought as well. Not only is she shocked. It's, uh, like, yeah, my, it's like my branch of the U.S. government should be having a booth at Anime NYC next year. <laughs> yeah, just just convince them enough to be like, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's we could we could basically sell people on oh, what we do. There you go to to weebs. We just do it like that. Uh, yeah, the the kerfuffle. That's uh, yeah, not kerfuffle, but there was definitely complaints about this. I'm just like. Is this really? I mean, I get it, recruiting, all that good stuff. Yeah, but considering like there's a you, whole you can bunch tell of people that there, unemployment is low right now, so they are having to actually work to recruit people. I get that. I get that. I just I don't know if it's as big of a deal as people are making out to be. They're just trying to the conventions are trying to sell space. They can just sell it to almost whoever. So 
I did see some like pictures and videos from the booths. Like I saw like um, a Masato from Evangelion standing at the Marines booth, and it's like that sure is a choice when that is a character known for you know getting young teenagers <laughs> to pilot dangerous weapons in a war situation. Right, and then well, also was... like. The Marines had, like, a full, like, obstacle course for people to do. And I saw yeah, people doing, there like, pull-ups people, and stuff. Yeah, pull-ups. Yeah, I saw people Did you participate? No. Okay. Uh, There's no way I was going to do that. First of all, I don't have the, the coordination to do pull-ups like that. I don't think it you is. need much coordination for pull-ups. No, I I'm not strength. embarrassing myself at a convention to try to lift. I mean, I definitely cannot do a pull-up. I can... I've not never been able it. to do a pull-up, but... Um, but, yeah, people were doing that. Uh, it was nice. Uh, it was funny to just see how empty. Like, I would just see, like, I think it was the either... I think it was the army, not the marines. I think the marines were. I think first, first of all, because they had they had the obstacle course. I think the marines were probably doing fine all weekend. Where it actually got people to join up, the marines don't know, but at least they definitely got people. But the army was there, just had their booth. They didn't have anybody go. When I was over there briefly, there was nobody there. <laughs> they just had the two people just obviously behind the the tables and everything. There was no attendees going to their booth. So my I'm other curious. surprise is that the air force wasn't one of them, since the air force is known to be the nerds of the military or even the space force like those are the ones i would have felt like would have a better chance of actually recruiting people well isn't the air force like in the west coast or something like that i could be wrong about that oh uh, no like the air force is all across the country but no that one definitely has a reputation of being like the nerds all right well maybe tr- tr- trust me my family is military to some extent <laughs> oh, okay. i'm aware of some stereotypes okay my, like my family probably would have disowned me if i'd ever like tried to join the navy <laughs> Oh no, it's that serious. It, it definitely means what if there was like an Army, Navy, Air Force football game, there would definitely be uh, contentious. Oh yeah, moments. my mom told me that um, I'm supposed to always root for Army in those cases. <laughs> or if someone tells me your mom wears Army boots, it's like yes, go. Uh, your mom wears Navy boots, it's like um, no, go Army. Wow. Uh, and then uh, okay, so they weren't the only people at the military at, at this uh, at the at New York City. Celeste Munora, they were also. Amy New York City. Amy New York, Amy New York City. Well, okay. They're, they're continuing their honeymoon. They're, they're, they're <laughs> Look, you can get married here. It is what it is. It, it's perfectly fine to, to, to bring bring everyone over here. It's perfectly you can, you fine. can okay. get married in New York. <laughs> okay, okay. To be clear. You can get married everywhere in the U.S., I know. It is obviously just the voice act, actresses, uh, Lennon, Kana Ichinose, who... Uh, it was actually interesting when they first announced it because it was, it was, I think they announced... Um, Lynn first, and then uh, on their Twitter page, they announced Lynn first, and then they announced uh, Kana as the next guest for Anime City, and they're like, wait, I guess I must do something special, and yes, they are indeed doing a special Gun the Witch, uh, Gun the, um, the Witch from Mercury panel, which I did attend, I, I had to sneak about this, because I had to go to one panel, then another panel, I didn't, <laughs> ugh, it's annoying, I went around like that, and I had to leave the panel at the end because I was had another panel to go to. So, was, can we expect any write ups about that to come in the? No, no, I will definitely write weeks? about. I will definitely write about it soon enough. I'm not sure how I'm going to talk about the Witch for Mercury one, but I will find some way to message it somewhere just to figure out when. But um, yeah, that was a nice, neat panel. Obviously, you got to do a. <laughs> there was one more where I was going to do a live reading. Uh, kind of forgot her script. She had to go back mm-hmm. and get it. Meanwhile, Lynn was just go- she literally just got out of her seat and just waved to her, waved to the crowd. She started asking about your favorite Gundam, everybody's favorite Gundams and everything. I was like, I'm trying to imagine Minori doing this. I'm like, I don't know if she would want to go wave to the crowd like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't don't know. <laughs> but you can see Lynn was just having a good time. And then obviously they were still in the city. Um, so that was six shots uh, where they went to in the in. Uh, New York, and I would say the most iconic one is when it went to the actual Statue of Liberty and kind of recreated the um, the photo that um, Slats and Miori take a picture in front of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, my um, Twitter feed was very much um, a buzz at the whole the way they shot it. Um, they had like taken it on selfie mode, or they mirrored it afterwards, and so it looked like the rings they had been wearing on their right hands were in fact wedding rings on their left hands. The, the, the fact that you realize that, wait a minute, these might be more Suyamilo su- fans than, than the actual Suyamilo fans. They just might be bigger than... than <laughs> they might just be into that more than us. Oh, I did of. notice that. Other people noticed it and pointed it out. So it's like, <laughs> is this just a result of the picture being mirrored or is this yet another, no, they're married. <laughs> 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 these characters are married. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think they had a good time in the city. I, I, I'm going to assume they did. 
Even in and, the cold weather. Yeah, next year if people come to Anime NYC, it is going to be hot, since I am told that New York in the summer is hot. Uh, it's probably hotter everywhere else, though. Yeah, I just... I've only been in New York City during the summer for one day, so I just cannot speak to its temperature. <laughs> you are the expert more than I am. I just prefer to... I'll just prefer this over the code. Sorry to say. No more bundling up for me. All right, Dustin, did we do it? Did we make it through another, we, we another made podcast? It. We made it through another podcast, Helen. And your internet mostly held up. <laughs> If there is any weird cuts in this episode or any strange things, note that it was because I had very much internet issues. There you go. Where can we find you, Helen? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Blue Sky, um, mostly those two places, at Wandering Dreamer. And you can also find the other podcast I co-host, um, uh, which is called Mong in Your Ears, and you can find us on taikupodcast.com. That's T-A-I-T-A-I-I-K-U. Sorry, I'm not the one who usually does that part, so I forgot how to spell it for a half second. <laughs> and we should have two more episodes, I think, out this year. A regular episode, and then it's about time for us to do our favorite manga of 2023 episode. You can find me on Twitter at Kami Nomi. I will definitely get back to retreating Beyonce stuff this week, so don't think you... If you haven't seen the retreats, don't worry. They're coming. They are definitely coming. Uh, you can check out theoshi.com for reason futures. Definitely look out for the site for a couple of convention pieces. Um, definitely look out for that. And also check out the Instagram. Yes, the Instagram. We have an Instagram account. I uh, put up a couple of things. Cosplay pictures, some news things from happening from the convention. Mau Mau. Um, lots of decent things that's been, that I was posting. And there's still more more things to post on, on Instagram too. Uh, check out the OSG Twitter account for all the news that happened over MEC and just regular review, uh, regular manga news, anime news, all that stuff. That if, if companies send a press release, I will probably put it out there. So there you go. All right. Until next time, then, folks. See ya. Bye.